RPG lessons learned. When the game is over, when your players are gone, that's when lessons are learned. We are at RPG LL Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, RPGLLPodcast at gmail.com, and check us out online at RPGLessonsLearned.com. Welcome to RPG Lessons Learned, the show where you can learn from our mistakes. With me, as usual, is Brian. Hey, Dusty. And Mike. Hey, Dusty. Hey, guys. So, this is actually take two on a topic that we tried <laughs> to record yeah. last week, and it ca- kind of went off the rails, so we're trying it again. And admittedly, the computer also crashed. That, yeah. Well, it saved us. It was yeah. a convenient excuse to just stop. Yeah. Um, what we're talking about today is, you know, what's the end look like? When are we? Or when will we be done? When might we stop playing? And I've really been thinking about this. You know, what's the end for RPGs for me? And if you guys don't mind, I'd like to start off with, with my leading thought. I don't think I'm going to stop playing. And since we last recorded, I've, I've put my thoughts together a little more coherently. And Mike, you and I played World of Warcraft together. Mm-hmm. The whole time we played, I knew that was not sustainable. Yeah. I knew, okay, this is fun, but I'm going to quit one day. Yep. Like, I completely just knew that. Um, I don't feel that way about D&D or, or tabletop RPGs in general. I feel like, you know, okay... I'll take a break sometimes. Sometimes I'll, you know, change things up or try a new system or throw a lot of variety at it. But I don't look at the hobby and its impact on my life and think this is not sustainable or one day I'm going to stop. Do you feel that it's a waste of time? Like I honestly, I could, I feel that World of Warcraft playing it, I would feel that I was kind of wasting my time. I, I think that was probably the main thing that made Warcraft not feel sustainable, right? Is it absolutely is a waste of time, and it's a huge waste of time. Um, I, I think the thing about playing RPGs with other people kind of helps absorb that a little bit. So you you feel like you're collaborating with people. You're you're getting social interaction. You're getting some some value out of that outside of other than just playing a game. And so I think that helps with some of the sustainability. And, and we don't want to judge World of Warcraft players, right? Like, I, I right. know people, I've met people for whom it is sustainable. Mike, you and I are just saying that for us, it wasn't. Correct. We we knew that we would eventually want to play other games that weren't online, um, et cetera, et cetera. When I'm playing any game, any video game, I feel that that time is completely interchangeable with any other video game. Yeah. Even if I played hundreds of hours like I did, like Tekken 3 where I got deep into the game mechanics or Soul Calibur, which I loved. I really didn't feel that I was investing in that. It, Fallout, like I've put 400 hours into into uh, Skyrim and two or 300 hours into Fallout 4, but I really felt like I did it to pass the time and because I enjoyed it, yeah. not because I identified myself in any way by that. Yeah, I, I, I think when you're when you're playing games, either online or offline, it's definitely a passive investment in time. Um, I think when when you're doing this, not 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 this podcast, but when you're playing RPGs with people, you're actively investing your time into other people. Even though you may play online games with other people, you're still passively investing your time into that game. And I, I think that's the big difference, at least for me personally. And I could completely see myself saying, you know what, a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, I want to take a break. You that's, know, a, yeah, a, yeah. a three month break, a two month break. I could see myself wanting a break one day, but I can't see myself wanting to stop. It just feels like this renewable thing where the more I do it, the the more the better I get at it and the more I like doing it. One quick question, and I don't want to derail where we're going because I, I, I'm really interested in this topic, 
but are we making the right comparison? So are we saying that tabletop RPGs equals World of Warcraft, or is tabletop RPGs more analogous to video games? Yeah, no comparison's perfect, right? Right. I guess my only point is a time in my life when I was pursuing a similar hobby was World of Warcraft, and I knew that one was going to end. Yeah. Like, and not saying it shouldn't end for everybody, I'm saying for me personally, as I played, I knew it, and I don't have that feeling with this hobby. That's, that's the core of the point that I'm making. So for me, I don't think I'm ever going to stop. How about you guys? So now I'll actually kind of present the the antithesis to that. So I think one of the big things I learned at Mace is I'm maybe not so interested in RPGs if it's not with you guys. So I will always play video games for the rest of my life. I'm calling it now unless like I lose my hands or my eyeballs or something like that that physically prevents me from playing video you still games. Play. You know, I'll, I'll still play video games. But if if you guys quit playing RPGs, if if I don't have this group to play with, I'm not sure I would go and find other people to invest that kind of time. Isn't in. that at odds at, to to something we said a, a couple of months ago when we were specifically asked, like if Dusty just was hit by a bus, would we still try to play? And I think we both answered yes. But so, I think what Mike meant is he would play with you, right? Okay, and Chris and yeah. Nathan yeah. and and you know Jason if you ever got back into it and, and yeah. the group that we've played with. What I wouldn't be invested in or interested in is is going and finding strangers or hitting Craigslist or going to yeah, conventions to find new playgroup friends. I, I wouldn't pick up random Roll20 RPG games online. But we could potentially see ourselves expanding the circle at some point. We could if we had other real life acquaintances we knew who'd be interested. And we in, liked. And we liked. <laughs> we, we always find people who are interested. That's a big part of it for me, right? I, and I think that's that's the, the key differentiation I'm making is uh, I can play online games with whoever, whatever, whenever. I don't. I'm, I'm not investing my time into those I people. Only, I only play online games with people I know. No joke. Really? Seriously. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. the same way, Mike. Yeah, I, if I'm going to invest time in people, they have to be people I like. But see, Mike, you do something I don't do. You do the competitive stuff. You play the competitive battlefield, Call of Duty games, where you get really into the player versus player stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I never really got into that. There was a brief time in my life when I loved playing Rainbow Six Rogue Spear online against other people, and I was very competitive. But um, that time has passed, and, and now I'm with Brian. I, I play, when I do play games... Every year or so, I'll sit down and play a single-player game the whole way through. All right, so video game comparison aside, that was me. I don't see myself stopping. So, Mike, your answer is you don't see yourself stopping as long as it's with this group. Yeah. But you wouldn't start a completely separate group of strangers. Um, could you foresee yourself? Let's say we've stopped for 10 years. You're now 40-some years old. Um, <laughs> Try 50. 50. Okay. <laughs> not almost. <laughs> well, almost 50. Close to it, yeah. You're not even 39 yet. Oh, you're 38, yeah. So you're half. 48 years old. Yep. You have some good friends in your life, and somebody says, hey, I'd like to you know, try this D&D thing out. Could you see yourself you know, dusting off the books and giving it a shot? I think in that case, yes. If, if it were someone I already had a friendship with, someone I was, was interested in spending time and being acquainted with, yeah. So it's not just us. It's any friend. I think that's that's so, fair. So ten years from now, some say Dusty, Chris, Nathan, and I are all killed on the way to your house to play a game, and you know you haven't played in a decade. And somebody asks Mike, "Would you play this? Would there be like a training montage as you get ready?" 
to play the game again. <laughs> It'd be me busting out the the fifth edition books that that I haven't cracked open since we played fifth edition last. Yes, I'd just be like scouring the pages, breaking out dungeon modules. And yeah. the books are interesting. We'll, we'll get into the stuff that we've accumulated here in a minute. But Brian, how about you, man? Uh, I'm I'm actually so a recent episode was talking about me playing or setting up my first game, and I've toyed with the idea of doing transformers rpg stuff like a supplemental content for the transformers podcast so i've already flirted with the idea of doing it i i i don't think that playing with somebody else would be my first choice but um i would consider doing it but i'm probably as antisocial as i can be sometimes i'm probably more along the lines of mike on that so brian you were halfway through a a thought earlier and i think i interrupted you you were saying hey to you sometimes video games can feel like you know interchangeable time were you about to make a follow-on point about how tabletop time is different? Yeah, I mean, exactly. So, uh, to me, tabletop time is social, and I'm investing in friends and uh, strengthening relationships. And, you know, it's bonding time with my guys where, you know, with uh, video games, it's me against, uh, you know, algorithms and AI, and it's, it is what it is. What I love about tabletop is that I feel like I'm getting better at stuff that I care about. I'm getting better at fast decisions. I'm getting better at talking. I'm getting better at mediating. I'm getting better at facilitating. And these are all things that I care about and can legitimately help me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like if you're playing a video game, you might get better at a specific task, but that doesn't really aid in general. Yeah. People say hand-eye coordination, but there's a point where your hand-eye coordination is not going to get any better. Oh, and to be clear, I'm not down on video games. I'm with Mike. I will play video games until I'm dead. I don't play as often as Mike does. No. But I get into these single player games and I just love them and I'll play them the whole way through. Like like I I do wait until they're years out of date, but I recently played all the way through Rise of the Tomb Raider. Loved it. Loved the Tomb Raider remake from a couple of years ago. Right now I'm playing through Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, which is a 14-year-old game and that's the game I'm choosing to play on my new gaming laptop. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm flirting with the idea. I can't do it right now, but if I did, I know where I would put it. With the idea of buying my third arcade cabinet, I, not that I have two anymore, but it would be the third one that I owned. Uh, so I love video games, but um, it, it's just not my primary avocation like it used to be. So we had a pretty bad game on Thursday. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. And we'll talk about that. That's actually the next thing we're going to record. But um, do you ever think about quitting when we have a bad game? No. No. I think about, not not to overgeneralize, I think about it like my marriage almost. If If we have a fight, I don't think about getting a divorce. Nope. Right. I'm just like, man, that fight was garbage or man, I, that, that was annoying or, or whatever. It doesn't even occur to me to think about breaking up the game if we have a bad session. doesn't even occur to me. No. Yeah. is isn't even on my radar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the first thing on the top of my head as soon as that game was over was, was how can we improve for next time? How yeah. can we avoid this again? That's, yeah. So we're in this for the long haul. It's not, it's, it's kind of like, oh, I had a bad meal. I'm never going to eat again. Yeah. So I have a question for you, Dusty. I know we both kind of talked about that if our group dissolves, we probably wouldn't be too interested in finding additional groups and strangers. If our group dissolves, what do you think your outlet for finding new new games would be? I actually facilitate games, not with strangers, not not completely. Um, I enjoyed my Mace experience. I really enjoyed meeting the people that played in my game. Um, John, so Brian, remember John that, that we uh, met for the Terra and Katara? Yeah. He was just commenting on Google Plus in our last episode. So I've met a lot of really cool people at Con. So I would still go to Con. I would I, I, I've played games. I've facilitated games at work. We should do an episode on that soon. We should. I, I've I have done what I term 
Luncheons and Dragons. So <laughs> I meet people at work who are curious about D and D, and I, you know, I'll, sometimes I'll mention I'm I, that I DM, and and you're, you know, every job has this, or every every new project. Let's go around the room and share something interesting. And sometimes I'll share that I, I DM things, and I get people who are legitimately curious, who are gaming curious, and uh, I play. I've got. I have played with three different groups, but I have two active Luncheons and Dragons groups. So to answer your question, Mike, I probably would find Stranger. Like, like one of the things, my, my neighborhood has a, has a Facebook page. I am going to post probably over the summer on the neighborhood Facebook page to say, hey, does anyone want to get together for a game of D&D? Because all the ladies in the neighborhood have like the bunko nights and there's some poker nights going on. So I might throw a D&D night out there. That's so, pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah. Honestly, I probably would. It'd hmm. be less, but but I would. And when I may do friends, you know, I, I would I would honestly bring up gaming. I wouldn't want to be annoying about it. Like, yeah. hey, have you heard about my Lord and Savior, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> like, I, w- I wouldn't turn it into an annoying thing. But yeah, I, th- I think I would actively seek that out. Awesome. Let's talk about stuff. Stuff that we've accumulated that's gaming oriented. So, Brian, you arguably have the, the biggest collection of, of things. But I think I certainly, certainly in our group, have the largest collection of RPG stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, the stuff, I do get existential about the stuff. And that World of Warcraft feeling I talked about where, for me, I knew as I was playing that I wouldn't play forever. I look at my bookshelves and I'm like, this cannot keep going on. This cannot go on. I cannot just keep buying new game systems that I don't have time to play or that I collect because... You know, books are heavy and, and moving. The last move that we did, oh my God, my, my RPG books were like 13 boxes of them wow and they were freaking heavy boxes and and before rpgs man you guys have been in my apartments yes you you were a minimalist minimalist minimalist. i was i was spartan i didn't want stuff i avoided stuff stuff tied me down stuff chained me up and now i've got minis i've got hundreds thousands probably of minis from from back in some some reaper kickstarters i've got hundreds 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 multiple hundreds of books I've got hundreds of maps. I've I've bought things like Laminator, Paper Slicer. I've bought stuff for, for gaming. I have a lot of stuff, and I do look at the stuff, and I I, I know at some point I'm going to get rid of it. I know it. Are you going to get rid of it, or is it just going to be bequeathed to your daughter? I don't want to saddle her with, with <laughs> a thousand pounds of books. It's not a thousand pounds, but I don't want to saddle her with, with that many, that much stuff to have to carry through life. The thing is... To, to do this, you don't really need that. That's true too, Brian. Yeah. Everyone I know that gets into the hobby or that thinks about getting in the hobby or if I'm online giving advice, my first advice is don't buy anything. Yeah. You can do it all for free. Yeah. like Or if you do buy stuff, buy PDFs. My primary hobby being collecting toys, that involves actual collection of stuff. I mean, I guess, I mean, there are people out there who uh, want to know things and look for collecting knowledge and hoarding information and i mean that's a thing yeah Uh, i have lots of friends thankfully that you know just have lots of knowledge about stuff that i don't even know about because you know one they can't afford to buy the stuff they're just interested in the media or they're interested in the property itself without buying it but for me i buy the stuff and all this stuff weighs me down so we're all looking around my office as we speak (laughs) and um as far as toy collecting goes, there will come a point economically where it doesn't really make sense to, you know, take crude oil, convert it to plastic, uh, 
do the injection molding in Asia and making the stuff and shipping it over. And there will come a point probably when it, you know, to- they don't make plastic toys anymore, at least not stuff like this. And I kind of have an out <laughs> from from doing this. But at that point, I could still just go back and buy other stuff because I have a problem, and that problem is buying these things. <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. You, you said this last time we recorded, but I didn't, I didn't quite catch it and put it all together. What you're saying is what will stop you from collecting toys is when they is when the entire industry collapses. It's, no, no, that won't even stop me. <laughs> I'll just buy the stuff you I'll, didn't I'll buy have. the stuff that I don't have. But no, like, I know the guy who used to be the head of Transformers at Hasbro. His title is VP of Transformers. And he left the company partly because he said in the next 10 years or so, it's not going to be economically viable to produce this stuff and to ship it. And, you know, they will stop making it. Hasbro specifically is trying to become a media company more so than a toy company. Everyone is. Yeah. Yeah, But I think they want to be bought by Disney. But um, the thing is, even if or when they stop making the stuff, I have thousands of things I don't have I can go back and get. So I don't really have an out when it comes to this stuff. But with the gaming, for me, I've bought maybe a dozen set of dice. You've gifted me a lot of books. Yeah. I've bought a couple of books, but that's all I really have. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't have much invested into to gaming stuff either. And I, I'll put it out there. I am not a collector of physical things. I do not like physical connections. There's a lot of reasons behind that. But uh, I am a digital collector, so I, I do look to pick up digital things when you point out things on RPG drive through and when you have, you know, free PDFs oh you can share. So I, I do kind of have a hefty physical collection but you, or, or digital collection, but my physical collection is, is minimal. The thing is you're, you're a digital collector and this is absolutely true, but you don't, you don't run like a sophisticated NAS, do you? No. Oh, no. you're just yeah. asking for trouble. I know. And I'm sure I'll lose it all one day. So one of the things Get about digital, box. one of the things I love about digital collecting sometimes is losing it all and going and finding it again. See, I I, <laughs> I collect it all, but I, I buy it all. I am I am freaking addicted to bundle of holding. Mm, yeah. Bundle of holding is the RPG PDF bundle, and I guess what I'm afraid of is that I, I don't. Whenever I buy a bundle, I'm secure and happy knowing that I have it and those PDFs are online. Yeah. I never make it a point to download them all. At this point, I've backed so many bundles. Yeah. For me to sit down and download all the PDFs that I've actually bought would take the better part of a day. Yeah. And then I got to keep up with them and all that. So I spent all this money, <laughs> and what's going to happen is before I can play these systems, that company will go under. You can no longer access the files. Something. Yep. And and I guess I sort of live in fear of that. But I'm also a digital collector, Mike. Yep. I buy stuff on Drive Through RPG slash RPG Now. I buy stuff on Bundle of Holding, and, and every so often, when Humble Bundle has an RPG book bundle, yep, I'll I'll I've gotten a bunch of Pathfinder stuff there. Yeah, I, I just I like buying the stuff and reading it, and and all the books on my shelf that I have for RPGs, I've read them all. Um, I I have sat down and read eighty percent of every book I have on the shelf. Wow, that's impressive. I'll skip over some of the fiddly rules, or I'll skip over to the you know I don't care about sorcerers. I'll skip over the sorcerers chapter, but uh, I read most of the books, and I love it. It makes me a better GM, and I just love thinking about RPGs in my downtime. All right, so sort of a self-reflective episode. What lessons do I want people to take out of this episode? I, I think that RPG podcasts are a great place for folks who are just getting into gaming to, to get a sense for how to game, how to think about it. And I haven't heard anyone talk about pruning or managing their collections. People look at their massive collections and post their massive collections as these things to be hugely proud of, and in a way, they're, they're absolutely right. In another way... I know as a beginner, that can feel like a huge, like, like, how many books do I need to own to play? By the way, what's the answer to that, guys? Zero. Zero. 
You know, so, I need one more Burger King Alf puppet, though, to feel like a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> Your Burger King Alf puppets make me miss the Burger King Alf puppet I, I have, lost in kindergarten. I have three or four. It, it makes me nostalgic. I, I, I can live without the records that came with them. Yeah, I can see that. But if you take anything away as, as someone who's starting out in the hobby or who's in the hobby, you know, I'm looking at my massive collection of books and minis and maps, and I'm asking myself what to do with it all because I don't. I don't want to keep up with it anymore. The books, actually, I, I'm still in love with. The books I'll hang on to the longest. The maps and the minis, I'm kind of done. So if you wanted to divest yourself of these items... I wouldn't even know what to do. I don't want to put them on Reddit. I don't want to put them on... I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't know what to do with them. You know, in my dream, what I would love to do with them is somehow find that exact perfect, like, 13, 14-year-old kid, you know, someone just starting out in high school who has a group of friends... You know, he or she or, or they or whatever are about to GM this big group. And if I could just be like, hey, here's 3,000 Reaper Bones miniatures <laughs> and, a, and a bunch of paint. Go uh, to yeah, it. Unpainted. Yeah. That, that, that's my ideal scenario. I have a suspicion Margot is going to want to play RPGs when she's older. I have a feeling you're probably oh, going to you're probably going to give her a lot of that. Well, we play now, um, but but even she doesn't like playing with stuff. Yeah. We use the dice, and, and we sit down at the table, and we're on paper, and we talk about things, and we draw pictures, and that's the fun of it for her. It's not moving minis on a map. Do you let her play with your minis? Yeah, I do. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I totally do. When we play over, um, over the video conferencing uh, for East Texas University... I don't even use physical dice. No, I, I use, just I just yeah. use I I use the D and D dice roller the last time. From, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've used that the entire campaign, and it's perfect. Yeah, All I right. know where my dice are right now. Honestly, another reflective episode from us. Um, but here you have it: three guys who do RPGs, two of whom don't own much RPG stuff. The other one does, but I mean, I love the hobby. I'm gonna keep loving the hobby. I think I'm gonna buy less stuff in the hobby. All right. Well, thank you for listening. RPG lessons learned. People call them postmortems, evaluations, appraisals, reviews, retrospectives. We call them lessons learned, and we're sharing ours with you. <laughs>